and welcome to the Public School Matters podcast presented by the North Carolina Association of School Administrators. I'm Katherine Joyce, NCASA's Executive Director, and joining me as she does for each episode is Legal Affairs and Policy Manager Elizabeth Yelverton. Together, we talk about the legislative and policy news affecting our public schools in North Carolina. Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in. It's been a long time since we've uh, had a podcast episode come out, but it has been a very busy time at the legislature. But this week, Catherine and I are actually going to be discussing some good news. We are going to share some highlights of our successful School Leader Day at the legislature, which we held on April 18th. And what a day that was, right, Catherine? Absolutely, Elizabeth. And it was great to see more than 100 of our school leaders from across the state walking the halls right alongside us in the uh, General Assembly. And then, of course, they were popping into various legislators' offices to talk about priorities for their own schools and and what they'd like to see our lawmakers address in all the K-12 law changes they are considering this year as well as what they might be rolling into the new state budget bill that is still on the drawing board. That's right, Catherine. And we definitely appreciate all the school leaders, all the superintendents, principals, HR directors, finance officers, and I'm probably forgetting some, so I'm just going to say, and all the other central office leaders who took time out of their busy schedules Uh, to participate and make this Public School Advocacy Day a priority. You know, it's always important for the legislators to hear from their constituents. So thank you, thank you, thank you for coming and participating, all of you out there. Absolutely. And it was a busy day for each and every one of them. We we had these folks arrive in Raleigh and started out the day with a, a briefing at the Department of Public Instruction at 8.30 that morning. So it was just like a day in the school building. They were out early and and ready to have those important conversations. But in the morning briefing, we were uh, very fortunate to have with us some of our key decision makers in education, legislation, and policy. Uh, Joining us were State Superintendent Catherine Truitt. We also had three lawmakers from the General Assembly there. We had um, Senator Amy Gailey, who is a new chair in the Senate Education Higher Education Committee, as well as the Senate Education Higher Education Budget Committee. And then from the House, we had with us Representative John Torbett, who is a co-chair of the House Education K-12 Committee that deals with policy issues And he also chairs the budget committee for education appropriations in the House. And then the final participant with him was Representative Ashton Wheeler Clemens. Uh, She's from Guilford County, and she's a former school leader. So she was able to bring some insight to our uh, attendees and participants just just um, talking the talk that they talk because she's she's been right there with them and knows what they what they do each and every day and how important their their role in public education is. So we were very fortunate to have those folks. 
And I think it would be uh, great to share some of the comments that they um, they gave to our members that day, and and have others hear some of their insights on some of the some of the things being taken up by the General Assembly this year. That's right, Catherine. So we actually have a wonderful communications manager, Rick Scoggins, who is actually able to capture some sound bites from this day for us. So why don't we start by looking at what our lawmakers? are saying, are there education priorities for this long session? I was asked to speak about key policy priorities. And those of us who have read the Westhead report from Leandro know that there's a big piece in there about the allotment system and uh, how getting rid of it would be such a boon to finance officers, especially in smaller counties, because it would help give them the flexibility that they need. And we do have a bill that's been filed that would get rid of the allotment system and that it would change to a weighted student or a weighted um, system of school finance. And I think that that is really important and something that has been much overlooked in all the drama and discussion and hand-wringing and, and finger-pointing over Leandro and the court cases and all that, the uh, reforms of the allotment system. Every time I think, okay, I ask a policy expert or a, like a staff person at the legislature, who I don't know if you know, if you've ever met, the, the legislative analysis people at the General Assembly are tremendous. They know so much. It's unbelievable. But I asked them, well, how can we do this? Can we do that? No. Well, why not? Well, it's the allotment system. So the allotment system is the reason we can't have nice things in North Carolina. <laughs> and we need to do something about that. And I understand that people are, you know, seriously concerned about, okay, well, we can agree in principle that we need to get the lot rid of the allotment system and move to a weighted student formula. But if we do that, is it going to cost us anything? Because we're already stretched as thin as we can. I think a hold harmless provision would be an important part of that legislation. So it's been filed. I don't know that it's going to move this year, but it needs to be a spark to a bigger discussion and really a serious commitment and an agreement across the aisle, bipartisan, across House Senate across Democrats, Republican, that it is time for us to get rid of this allotment system, move to a weighted student formula where we can um, really address some of the problems with public school finance in the state. So those comments were from Senator Amy Gailey, who was the first on our agenda to speak that morning. And what she shared about the potential change in public school allotments that was a bit of a bombshell, especially since the the bill that she's talking about in the Senate is um, very new, was just recently filed. It's um, all contained in Senate Bill 670 that she is co-sponsoring with Senator Lee, uh, Michael Lee of, of Wilmington, and, and they are... Um, uh, working together as chairs of the education committees, both the both budget and the policy committee. But the proposal really could shake up how our allotments work in the state. And so there's a lot of questions that our members have about how it would work, the timeline for when all this would be implemented. What does it mean for guaranteed staffing support from the state with the teachers we have? So really just, just a lot to consider with this new proposal. And we're going to be uh, very interested to see how that plays out as the Senate is working to put its budget together in the coming weeks. Senator Gailey also talked a little bit about uh, the timeline for when we might see the the proposal coming uh, forward from the Senate with uh, with their state budget priorities in the near future. 
this time, this in 2023, that budget process started with the House. So the House has finished their budget and sent it over to the Senate. So we spent a good amount of time, even though we were off, lap, off last week was uh, our spring break, kind of sort of. Senator Lee and myself came to Raleigh and we sat down and went through the House budget, education budget, along with Senator Barnes. She was um, participating remotely and we went through it page by page by page, line by line pretty much and discuss what was in the House proposal and to be familiar with that. And also we discussed what was not in the House proposal and um, just sort of applied that. So now we've started the process of going through the requests from DPI and from the state uh, community college system and from the university system and going through those things to better understand what those requests are and working on prioritizing them along with maybe things that other people have brought to our attention that might be an important priority. So we will uh, definitely be waiting anxiously to see what's in and what's out with the Senate budget when it rolls out within a week or two. We also know that there are many priorities um, that are uh, that are being considered that have been proposed by State Superintendent Truett and her team. Uh, that they've sent over to the General Assembly for consideration. And there also are recommendations from NCASA and our membership and, and what we've sent forward as budget priorities. So we're just hoping that that many of, of the positive proposals for our schools will find its way into the pages of the Senate budget and that we will see that very soon. Following Senator Gailey on our agenda on April 18th, we were fortunate to have State Superintendent Truett there to talk about a lot of her priorities. And she went through quite a list of those and she covered items including her request for principal coaches, computer science, professional development, teacher professional development, student career development plans, which she, she thinks um, would be essential to help students when they are in middle and high school, really plan for what courses they're taking to get them where they want to be um, post-graduation. So that, that's an important measure she's pursuing. She talked a bit about the pathways to excellence for teaching professionals and reforming teacher pay and licensure. And um, just various other priorities she has for the budget. But she also touched on something that is very near and dear to the hearts of our members. And we know many in the room that morning um, perked up to listen, especially when Superintendent Truett talked about her proposals for reforming our school accountability system and uh, changing up how we define low-performing schools and then what measures are used to set our A through F school performance grades. So let's uh, let's listen in to some of what she had to say on that very important topic and priority that's that's also shared by our NCASA members. Let's just say a brief word about low-performing schools because you all know no one in this room likes the way we define low-performing. We have to stop defining low-performing based solely on test scores that occur one day of the year at the end of the semester or the end of the class. Well, I know that would be great news to a lot of our hardworking principals out there that may not meet the definition of a high-performing school. Actually, they would technically meet the definition of a low-performing school, but I think it was really encouraging to hear the state superintendent say that she wants to look at that definition and really give credit where credit's due. 
And along with the comments about changing the definition of low-performing schools, Superintendent Truitt, of course, talked about her overall proposals for reforming the school accountability system in North Carolina. And someone who's also been involved in that process and the work behind the scenes to develop recommendations for changing the system is Representative Ashton Clemens, um, who was with us that morning. And she talked a bit about the status of some of the legislation that would that would move forward on the recommendations to change our school school performance grading system in North Carolina. So let's let's hear a bit from Representative Clemens on that topic. The work is really centered on what does it mean to long-term prepare children for success and how do we back map an accountability system that matches that. At this point, we've narrowed down kind of eight areas where we think that that work should happen. And now it's looking, a lot of states are doing really creative things on school accountability. And so now it's looking at what exactly are the measures we want to suggest and what kind of is the balance um, of getting the overall grade. So uh, that is important work. Um, actually, House Bill like 26 or something, early, early in this session, the uh, House education chairs were willing to put that and passed a bill that the Senate has not yet picked up. So maybe our colleagues Imagine will. That. Yes. Um, but that... Um, directed this work, which is important because it's saying not only is this working group happen, but we in the legislature support this working group and we believe that we need to make those adjustments. So I really commend, as again, Superintendent Truett for taking this on. For too long, the debate has been what percentage should be achievement and growth. Like that's where we've stayed in a rut in North Carolina while other states have done so many creative things. So I'm excited that we're really taking that on. So you, you might have picked up there that uh, Representative Clemens and Representative Torbett um, were having, you know, a little bit of a, a joke saying that they were really interested in this work in the House and have put forth, you know, proposals. But, you know, there it's always a wait and see what's going to happen in the Senate. So you heard Re- Representative Torbett there saying, imagine that, that, you know, something like this might get held up in the Senate, but I think we are really encouraged to hear that they are really interested in this accountability system reform that has feedback from our stakeholders and just that somebody's interested in this topic. Agreed, Elizabeth. And and I think we also heard a lot that morning from the lawmakers on some of the budget priorities that they are pursuing. We, of course, heard recently the the comments from Senator Gailey on on their changes they're proposing in the allotment system. But Representative Torbett has uh, some very focused priorities as well. And he's sort of known as a leader in school safety efforts. And so it, it it was encouraging to hear some of the things he's pursuing in, in the area of uh, school safety and, and some other priorities he shared with us that morning. So let, let's see what he had to say. On, on the school safety front, I'll touch on that one first. Uh, it does provide funding to get the, we bought a high school last year. I don't know if y'all know this or not. We bought a high school and that's going to be the only national school training facility for school safety. This school will give them the opportunity to address real events. It will give them an opportunity for live fire. They can break a door. They can break a glass. They can do whatever is necessary to save kids in a classroom or teachers in a classroom or administrative folks locked in the office. They can do whatever is necessary because when they get through, 
with their exercise, we're going to come back and repair it and get ready for the next exercise. And it's the only one I'm aware of it in the nation. We're going to continue our grants for, for y'all's uh, schools. Uh, we started that some years ago. It's going to be $20 million first year, $20 million second year for a total of $40 million. And those grants can be anything from, uh, I, I jokingly call them gadgets and gizmos, because essentially that's what they are, technological devices. Uh, that's the school safety. On compensation, uh, you probably got numbers better than I do. Uh, I, it wasn't where I would have liked to have been. I was shooting for upwards of right $50,000 or up for starting teachers. We're, we're not quite there. For, for whatever reason, we fell behind during COVID. But I think in this year's budget, it's 5%. And then next year is 3%, but I think a total is like 10.1 or 10.2 over a two-year period of time uh, of teacher pay. Uh, we suggested a much higher pay, pay raise for teachers. That was the focus. We also suggested we implement the pilot plan that the superintendent asked for $300 million that would put engage a pilot program of the teacher compensation package you talked about briefly. Uh, we put that in. Our full chairs did not pick it up. I hope to see it come back from the Senate. And that's probably a good place to wrap up with the segments uh, shared from our School Leader Day at the Legislature panel and morning program with Representative Corbett talking about the importance of boosting teacher pay in North Carolina. We know that's a shared priority our school leaders have as well, and they, they definitely want more for our teachers, and it's important for them um, to, to be able to offer higher pay to help recruit and retain the best and brightest in our classrooms and our students deserve nothing less. After hearing the comments from our lawmakers and State Superintendent Truett, our participants at School Leader Day at the legislature were able to go over to the complex of the General Assembly and go interact one-on-one -on -one with many of their own representatives and senators throughout the remainder of the day. And we were very fortunate to get to see uh, some of those interactions. And we know our communications manager, Rick Scoggins, was able to pull aside some of the day's participants and talk to them about how things were going in those visits, their expectations for the day, and kind of what they came away with after uh, some of the conversations they had with, with their own local delegation. So uh, let, let's, let's hear a bit from some of our school leaders who came out on April 18th. I wanted to be here today to advocate for um, our employees uh, and for our students and our school system. So just the opportunity to be here to get an ear and have good conversation with legislators is the reason I, I made this a priority. And that was Mark Bird, who is superintendent of Wilkes County Schools. And right after him, there was uh, a few comments you will hear from our president-elect of NCASA, Dr. Rhonda Schuler, superintendent of Franklin County Schools. This has been an outstanding opportunity today to experience uh, the work of the legislature on the ground. Um, we started the day with an opportunity to hear from several representatives and senators um, on their uh, approach to educational legislation and their priorities. We heard from our state superintendent, and we were able to orient ourselves to some of the materials that were provided through NCASA. Then I have had the opportunity 
opportunity to meet with our representative, who is Matt Winslow. And this afternoon, I'll be meeting with Senator uh, Lisa Barnes, uh, who also represents Franklin County, and really be able to sit down and thoughtfully discuss the issues that are on the table around education in North Carolina, and specifically those impacts, how they will impact Franklin County schools and the state as a whole. So it's been an outstanding opportunity, a practical opportunity to do that. So we are so glad that uh, Dr. Schuler was able to join us that day. Um, she always has great comments to share um, after our events, and this was no exception. And we were really glad to hear that she was able to make a lot of those connections with her her local delegation. I always say, you know, it's one thing for Catherine and I to be walking up you know, and down the halls of the General Assembly, but it's so much more impactful anytime these legislators can be hearing from their own constituents, Um, which isn't to say we only had superintendents at this event. We also had a lot of really great principals there advocating for changes to the principal pay plan. And a couple of those that included uh, Dr. Patrick Green, who is the principal of Green Central High School in Green County. Um, If that sounds familiar, it's because we've had him as a guest on this podcast before, a great advocate for our principals, as he is the 2022 Wells Fargo North Carolina Principal of the Year. And joining him was Ashley Falkenberry, who is the principal of Trent Park Elementary School in Craven County, and she is the 2023 Wells Fargo Southeast Principal of the Year. So let's hear what they had to say about the day. So I think it's positive. It was great to see the receptiveness of when we were able to sit down and explain some of the situations that matter to us the most. Uh, I think they genuinely were interested and and wanted to know what we had to say. Um, I think looking in the the future, um, the more we can get some of those bullet points in front of them ahead of time so they are a little more familiar and we're not hitting them cold, that would help us a lot. We would love for them to have just a little bit of familiarity and then we add that personal touch and that, that personal story that goes along with that bullet point because I think those things really do matter when you talk about how it affects kids, how it affects teachers and principals at the ground level. So it's not just a bullet list. It's not just an item on a budget. It has a face. And what I thought was very helpful, especially with it being my first time um, and for, you know, any of the principals out there that are looking to do this in the future, it was very helpful to have the priorities and all of the information and the resources available because they feel more comfortable sitting down in front of these legislators. So that was definitely helpful to have all of that. And I think Clemens said that, you know, you got to get out here and advocate for yourself. Everybody wants to hear our story, but you're the ones that have to get out there and do it. And I think that helps people like me that's a first timer to feel comfortable doing that. And we are so appreciative to have great principals like Ashley Falkenberry and Patrick Green having these conversations with lawmakers and telling their story, the needs of their schools and the priorities they have. And so just just very thankful that they came out on April 18th to join us. We were able to get feedback from some of our participants about how they think the day went overall. And so I think that's that's a good place for us to wrap up today is hearing some of how the participants felt they were making a difference on their day at the legislature. I think the key is today is so well organized. Um, I know NCASA has done a lot of work. They even set up some of my appointments for me. Um, so it's if it's organized like today, um, I think it can be very effective and, and it'll continue to benefit people down the road. Um, 
I'm fortunate I'm in my seventh year as superintendent, and I've learned a lot today, so I can't imagine how beneficial it can be to those who are new to the position. That I think it's been a great day, especially since this is the first time we've done this, or at least in recent history have done this. So I think it's gone really well. I do like having the kind of orienting ourselves at the beginning of the day um, is beneficial and, and kind of sets the stage for the day. I think connecting with our representatives is good. It might be good for us to look at how uh, or whether it's beneficial for us, in addition to connecting with our representatives, to do some cross connections, even if it's like a region approach to that um, might be interesting, but I, overall I think it's been a success. So NCASA is a wonderful uh, organization, and like I said, all the uh, principals in our district are a member of that. Our, our district is um, very supportive of, of the organization, and I, I think that the re- again, I'm going to go back to the resources that you provide as an organization. It helps us. We're so busy that sometimes we don't we don't have time to go pull all of the the bills and all of that stuff. And those weekly and monthly emails and newsletters really support to help us get out and advocate for ourselves. Yeah, and I think like like I said, getting that access to information in a concise manner helps us a lot to be in the know. But I think beyond that, the advocacy that they do for us, uh, school administrators are really awful at advocating for ourselves. We're really good at advocating for students, for communities, for teachers, but we put ourselves last. And to know that there's an organization that doesn't put us last, puts us first, means a whole lot. Uh, and getting us active and, and doing that work, I think, is going to be really helpful. Oh, well, I don't know about you, Catherine, but hearing those comments from our members really just made all the work that we put into this day, all, all the work that our team put into it, it just really made it worth it. And I'm so glad that they were able to have a beneficial day at the legislature. And it sounds like uh, our members learned a lot. So with those comments, I think we will actually close out this episode, and I just want to reiterate our thanks to all of the education leaders who took time out of their schedules uh, to come to our Advocacy Day, and also to those that specifically helped us out with this podcast episode by giving us some great quotes about how their day went. You know, we were not fishing for uh, good comments. We were just asking for comments and they all happened to be positive. So I think that is the sign of a successful advocacy day. And we are very much looking forward to holding this event again in the future. With that being said, if you have any feedback on, you know, the Advocacy Day or anything you else you might have heard in this podcast, you can always contact us at info at ncasa.net. And don't forget to make sure that you are signed up for our weekly newsletter and also make sure that you are checking out the news that we post on our website, which is ncasa.net. You can also follow us on Twitter at NCASA Tweets to get some more up-to-date information. So thanks for listening, and we hope that you'll tune in again soon. You've been listening to Public School Matters with the North Carolina Association of School Administrators. To stay up-to-date on legislation and policy news affecting K-12 education, we hope you'll join us for future episodes and subscribe to this podcast. Thank you for helping us ensure that each public school in North Carolina matters.